0: Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds,
1: who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Geek Thyself.
0: Yeah. Uh, This week, we are going to be be talking about D&D because yep. we n- neither of us like D&D that you
1: know. <laughs> Oh no, of course not. Not at all. <laughs> no.
0: No. What's D&D?
1: Yeah, no, we never play that. What are you talking about?
0: Never ever. Definitely not 150 <laughs> sessions in 6 months, 7 months?
1: Yeah, 8 something months like that. It's been insane how much we've played for countless heroes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah countless heroes is kind of why we were spurred to talk on about D D this week because we're all a little emotional that that's ending yeah so <laughs> we were thinking about the characters we've been playing and we were going to talk a little bit about how to create characters and that yeah. is a cat
1: that yeah. is a kitty but it's that's, that's Mowgli yelling in the background Yeah, oh. so this week we want to talk about character creation And sort of some tips and tricks for how to figure out Maybe what you want to do with your character But also some backstory ideas And we're going to come at it from the direction of Talking about some of our previous D&D characters Yes uh,
0: Although our D&D history is very different uh, Yes So we we're going to talk a little bit about that Mine is very much more subdued. I first started playing d d in 2015. So I've been playing this crazy game for about four years now, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually interesting because I started to watch some Critical Role before I actually started playing. Um, I watched... Uh, about 10 episodes uh and then for some reason i just stopped watching for a little bit not because i didn't like it i just you know you for uh, you get distracted it's, by other things yeah
1: it's a lot of hours too oh, so yeah. if you're not Abs- ca- if you don't catch up and stay caught up it's hard to keep up with what's happening
0: i still have that problem now <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah uh, i watched about 10 uh, of the episodes before stopping and then we started actually playing in a different first initial campaign uh, which was fun obviously because I'm still here Mm -hmm. and that was just kind of what kick-started me into playing and then through ridiculous circumstances I managed to meet a lot of online people like Heather (laughs) and uh, Logan uh, and Meg my other DM who yeah
1: um, my d and experience is very different than Russell's. I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons for and role-playing games in general for uh, almost 16 years. <laughs> I'm, I'm aging myself, but that's okay. I started um, when I was 18, my freshman year of college. One of my friends that was in the dorms with us had been playing with his friends in high school, and he was going through withdrawal, From D&D because because his friends that he played with weren't going to the same college, so he couldn't play with them on a regular basis anymore. Oh,
0: that's painful.
1: Yeah. And I was in what was uh, lovingly on campus referred to as the nerd dorm. Ah. So not surprisingly, he decided to draw from some of his friends in the dorms to see if we could get a group together. Mm -hmm. And he ran our first game and he was not a good DM. Ah. He wasn't a good DM at all, but we we still enjoyed it, <laughs> and a couple of my friends took over DMing after him and kept it going, and it was a lot better. Um, they were better storytellers, and that's good um, to hear. He, he acknowledged that he was not good; <laughs> he knew.
0: But and, at least he did like enough to keep the uh, to get the group together, which yes. is still nerve wracking in itself.
1: Yeah, uh, no, what, that was true. Mm? Uh, what edition did you start with then? Three point five. Um, okay, he had he had been playing since three, and then his friends and he had started transitioning to three point five before he left for college. And I, when we were starting out, three point five was the big one. Like honestly, just today I played D and D with some of my friends from freshman year of college. We still get together and play sometimes and um we're playing fifth edition now because we got them some books for christmas but um before then we had still been playing 3.5 with them because none of us wanted to play four (laughs) sorry sorry for anyone that loves four we didn't like the changes (laughs) i was gonna say i heard about
0: four because obviously i didn't play it Uh, something i forgot to mention in my little spiel is i've only ever played fifth edition Mm -hmm. not because of any particular reason just every campaign i've been involved in is fifth edition i've got no problem with other systems i'm sure i'll try them out at some point but fifth edition for right now is the only thing that i've been uh let loose with per se, uh, but I've heard, but I remember hearing when I was sort of looking up because mm-hmm. uh, obviously I've started playing just as sort of fifth edition came out. It was like a, uh, about a year after it came out, so uh, I was actually kind of curious about like what came before it. And I was reading about fourth edition. I was like, okay, this is very split. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So the short version is that prior to three and three point five, there was at least from my understanding because I've never played I've never played first edition and I ne- I've never played AD&D or second edition but my understanding is that those were a lot more confusing and a lot more bits and pieces that had to happen and they tried to start streamlining stuff with 3.5 gotcha. um, but even 3.5 has a lot of math like in 3.5 Instead of spells just telling you it does 120 foot range, mm. um, you would have to calculate out your range. Like a, a long range spell was uh, 40, it was a long range spell was 400 feet plus 40 feet per level. A medium range spell was 100 feet plus 10 feet per level. And a short range spell was, tw- I think it was 25 feet plus 5 feet per level. So you had to math out what your distance on a spell was. So if I was a fifth level sorcerer casting a first level magic missile, my magic yeah. missile was a short range spell. Or so was, it No, could go magic 50 missile feet. was I think magic missile was medium ranged. So I could go a hundred feet plus ten feet per level. So I could go a hundred and fifty feet with my magic missile.
0: And oh, wow, that's that's really
1: interesting. It's it was that kind of thing and it's Kind of scares me that I still remember some of these stats, um, although I'm not a hundred percent on I, all I, the numbers. <laughs> I do have
0: to say though, I appreciate you talking about sorcerers because we both have affinities for sorcerers. Yes, we uh, we both uh, like we, the
1: charisma based casters.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I I don't necessarily think that's our fault. I just think they're like some of their abilities and the way they work is more fun. Like uh, a bard, uh, I played a bard recently. Um, they're uh, they just, they're just fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and that's not to say the other ones aren't. They're just very different, I yes, think. Yes,
1: this is very true. So I will say the one downside to the two of us being the ones that are talking about this particular, like, tips and tricks for backstories and character creation is that you and I both like playing similar types of characters in terms of the actual classes. Like, we both like playing spellcasters and we both like playing roguey sneaky characters
0: <laughs> we do uh although i do have experience with a couple of melee classes yeah same and i, I actually uh, playing countless heroes had uh, had my first experience as a wizard because obviously uh if you don't know my rogue finku got seven levels into rogue and then was like oh story reasons i'm gonna take a level in wizard uh-huh. and then i'm gonna take another level in wizard and long story short, I'm level twenty. I've not taken another level in rogue, so um, <laughs> you know um, they weren't even arcane tricks to rogue. They were they were a thief. So you know sometimes it happens. I guess this uh, is true. But yeah, um, but I've got to say it's been very very humbling. I <laughs> I I prefer to have a solid list because mm-hmm. having the option to change it every day puts so much pressure on you. I'm like Same. Well, if I don't prepare the right spell then I just lose. Although to be fair yeah. the, the 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 subclass that I went with for wizard I do get to change one every uh, every short rest. So that's kind of nice. It gives you a small like it gives you a do uh, give you an an out a mulligan. Yeah. <laughs> Which a is a small nice. one. Yeah, Yeah. but sometimes that's all you need. So uh, I've got to say that's pretty nice, Uh, which is actually one of the reasons that I stopped with Rogue, because I was like, oh, Rogue, at level 11, they get reliable talent. That's cool. Mm -hmm. What do you get at, like, level 10 or level 11 wizard? Like, oh, you just get to swap a spell. Yeah, that's way cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: no, it's very handy. That is true.
0: mm. So, yeah, we've got... But, yeah, you are right. We both favour those sort of... uh, sort of classes in Mm -hmm. fact my first character ever was a sorcerer uh their name was rusty (laughs) (laughs) uh and they were basically just me with a stick (laughs) because (laughs) i i joined a campaign that was level seven just because it was my friends Mm -hmm. so i had no idea what i was doing (laughs) but i I at least enjoyed the what i was doing even if i had no idea what was happening uh so that's basically what i did with my character do you remember your first character
1: I do, actually. My very first character, uh, it was in the game, the second game that was run with my friends, not the first one. And um, her name was Seika Starsong. Um, and she was a bard. Big surprise. Um, and she was an Avoral, voral. Um, because back then, 3.5 had a book out called Savage Species. And basically, it was a bunch of... Um, monster type races that you could play and so my two friends got together and created this world where there were a bunch of different playable monstrous races so we were all monstrous races avorals were basically not aarakocra but kind of like more like almost like a harpy build is what they looked like like bird people but not aarakocra style more like a harpy where the body was more human and then you had like bird legs and wings and then um, we also had uh, the Lamia, which were, like, zebra centaurs. Oh, And okay. we had one um, t basically. You want bas- tea? Yeah, oh, yeah, Basically, nice. we had one t and we had, um, there were humans, and then we also had, um, oh, God, what was the other one? I can't remember... What we called the other one, it wasn't a race that existed. It was something they kind of mishmashed together. But it was basically like um, a cat, dog, humanoid. So like a a mix between canine and feline features, but they were covered in fur and they were humanoid build. Um, I don't remember what they're called right now, but yeah. Uh, It was a very, very homebrew world. (laughs) GB? (laughs) <laughs> and, um, uh. yeah, so I played in a Voral in that world. And mm. the way they did it, because we didn't know any better, because it was the first time they'd run a campaign, the way we did it is that you could, um, everyone started with a certain number of levels in their species okay. to, to give them a basis. And then sure. you could, after that, choose your, you had to have a certain number of species levels and a certain number of class levels. And then after that, you could choose which one you were going to level up in. So I actually only ended up with, I think, three or four levels of bard because the avoral species leveling ranks were awesome. Like Ah. fly-by attacks and charge attacks with flying Mm -hmm. and this kind of stuff. So at a certain point, I was like, I'm not taking any more bard levels. There's no reason. You know Um, what? That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was my very first character. I mean, I guess in terms of actually getting down to our tips and tricks, yes. uh, the number one thing I think anyone starting out for D&D should start with is what do you want to be able to do? Do you want Mm. to be up close and personal hitting things with a sword? Or do you want to be standing in the background hitting things with spells? Or do you want to be somewhere in the middle? Because you're going to need to know where you fall in that range in order to know what class to pick.
0: Yeah, um, for definitely sort of like initial characters, that's definitely a good sort of idea. There are um, uh, good options for all of those, especially for newer newer players, Mm -hmm. because some of the spellcasters can be wildly confusing.
1: This is very true.
0: Especially, in my opinion, Wizard and Cleric and Druid. Just, and you
1: change out your spells.
0: Yeah, ju- just due to the fact you change out your spells every day, that is a lot for a new player, uh, mm-hmm. and it's one of the reasons that I gravitated so much towards sorcerer. I'm like, okay, I can pick, a sp- I can pick spells and be done with it. Yeah. Um Same. But they also get some nice versatility um, and stuff. Honestly, even though I enjoy sorcerer, I think one of the best uh, spell classes to 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 pick off the bat is bard. Because they don't have too much in the way of damage, mm-hmm. uh, they've got a couple of options. Their abilities are easy enough to to grasp, eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, like with Jack of All Trades, it's passive. Inspiration you get at first level, so you can really get behind that. You you get things slow enough that you don't feel overwhelmed. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I uh, I would agree
1: that for for fifth edition. Bard is a good starter if you want magic but aren't sure you want just magic.
0: Yes, because they've got some great subclasses, uh, or Bard Colleges as they're called, Mm -hmm. uh, to to be able to flex into whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, Like there's the College of Swords, which, again, lets you be more of a melee kind of fighter, and that's always fun. Uh, Obviously, one of the best melee classes in D&D. Is the fighter or the barbarian? Mm-hmm. Both of them are great. Um, they yeah. do exactly although, what they although paladins can
1: do a whole lot of damage too. They can, <laughs> and that was
0: that was the one I was going to suggest for middle middle of the two. Like mm-hmm. if like because bards obviously they still get ninth level spells and they're a full fledged caster. Yeah, uh, paladins very different, but they've great they've great damage output. They've got some great clutch spells when they need it, and they get divine smite, which is just mm-hmm. fun. Divine smite look... is
1: a nice little add-on to your attacks. Yeah. This is very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So, again, but most of those are all char- charisma-based, except for the fighters, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I yeah, I, I guess the charisma classes are just tailored
1: to, to, to be maybe a little bit less overwhelming all at once. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I do feel like some of the divine spellcasting classes... So, most of the divine spellcasting classes... Um, deal with wisdom-based stats. And a lot of those ones, you change out your spells, and there's a lot of extra abilities you get depending on what kind of Divine Caster you are and what you focus on, Mm -hmm. which is useful. There's a lot of great abilities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I do think if you're a newer player, it could be overwhelming. Now, if you're a seasoned player and you're just trying to figure out, like, well, how do I make this character interesting? Don't be afraid to turn the the trope of what a cleric or whatever usually is on its head. Like, you know, a lot of times when people draw clerics or picture clerics and in, in like the books and stuff, they're oft it's often depicted as a um someone who's like extremely, extremely holy and devout or like uh either wearing priests' robes or they're wearing, um armor and have the symbol and it's like the dwarf with the giant hammer kind of thing but you don't have to do the trope you can change yeah. it up
0: well yeah it's uh, also kind of like with paladin as well like everyone's got that idea of the righteous warrior who's uh-huh. not even like giving an inch on any sort of rules you don't have to do that oh no like, soxie's um, not like
1: that soxie stole no. stuff
0: <laughs> yeah uh but i was also about to mention my rogue as well while they are a thief they certainly do not take pleasure in killing or taking things. Uh, mm-hmm. That like, and they actually spend a bit of time trying to stop. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. this, yeah, uh, you can create fun things just with what you're given. Um, yes, this just... is true. Yeah. Um, so,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was just thinking another option, if you're trying to create something that's interesting for you to play that you think you're going to enjoy, is rather than looking at the different classes first, start with what kind of person do I want to play? Like, for example, this is just a random one that popped in my head, but if you wanted to play someone who had a history as a pirate, they're like a reformed pirate, you could look at the different classes based off that and be like, okay, which of these seems like something that a reformed pirate would be? And for me personally, the first thing that pops in my head is the rogue swashbuckler. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I was just like,
0: I'm just <laughs> going to let the fish and then I'll say what I think. And we were both on the same page. <laughs> uh, the only other one which I guess could work is there are a couple of bard colleges that would fit in there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, bard obviously- College of Swords yeah that was thinking but and also like every ship needs a singer like, also like, who's true. All, who, who else is going to lead the sea shanties
1: <laughs> this is also true so but that's another way that you could look at what kind of character you want to be like do you want to be a former soldier who's got a really tragic backstory you know maybe you saw all of your comrades die and you were the only survivor you know in that situation then playing some kind of fighter or barbarian might work well or if you want to play um, someone who maybe is religious, but not like priest level religious, but follows some sort of rules or some sort of order, then you could look at being a paladin. I mean, honestly, if you're trying to be like a knight, like the old school chivalrous knight in shining armor kind of knight, paladin's probably the closest that D&D has to that sort of situation.
0: Uh, just a couple of small points. Uh, don't get too hung up on like wanting an element which you can't fit in. Say if you wanted someone who's just religious, but you didn't want to be a paladin, you can still have that bit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say that the only people who follow gods uh, are the people who get power from it. That's not even the case at all. So don't don't be too worried about tying everything in, uh, especially if you just want to have fun with it. Uh, that's yes. something that I'd suggest the the other I actually just had another suggestion when you mentioned tragic backstories. Uh, while they're always fun and they add to character, you don't always need them. That's uh, so true. sometimes sometimes it's much more fun to try and be creative at creating a compelling story without having it be tragic. It can be sad, mm-hmm. obviously, and there, there, there can be weight behind those things, but like uh, like losing all of your family and your friends in one fell action. Great character, I'm sure it can be. Uh, we've all done it. Just, you mm-hmm. know, um, also be feel free to look at other options uh, for that. You, you'll be surprised about yeah. what can appeal to you. This is very uh, that's true. Some, that's something that Logan sort of in uh, put onto our characters, Countless Heroes, is that uh, we were playing D&D hard mode, <laughs> I remember, mm-hmm. in the, the announcements. And yep. we, would, we were told to attempt to make the character without massive, tragic backstory. Uh, right. just, just to create enough of a reason for them to either still live in Cinderhaven, which is where we all work from, or, yeah, you know, uh, enough for us to, to get us there for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: so yeah, but the, yeah, that was really interesting cause I'd never even thought about that. All of my characters had some element of tragic, tra- tragic backstory before that. So.
1: Yeah. Not all of my characters had, but qu- some did. It depended on which campaign, because I've, I've played a lot of D&D in the last 16 years. But um, the other thing is, to don't, like, DMs, if you're listening to this, don't be afraid to create something that has your characters have to create their characters on the spot. Or has your players have to yeah. create their characters on the spot.
0: Uh, yes, um, ending is great.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. And, well, And Logan did this for us, actually, when we were getting ready to do the... Uh, character creation for countless heroes. He wanted us to really think outside the box and create interesting characters. So, for example, my character Soxy, anyone who's seen the show may have heard me mention that she was my darkness character, so my stats are weird.
0: Yeah, but you didn't change them. Uh, You didn't alter them. Uh, So your charisma is fairly low for a paladin.
1: Yes. Um, And the reason behind this is because what he did is, and I won't go through every single one because it would take too long, but basically he gave us four different scenarios. And in each one, we were supposed to give him a name and a race. For the first three, we were also supposed to give him, I think, a class and then like a couple sentences describing the yes, character. Yes,
0: a couple of sentences describing uh, yeah. who they are uh, and no backstory, essentially.
1: Right, yeah, uh, nothing w- crazy. No. Just like, like my ferocious rogue Danny was grew up in cinderhaven father was a sailor so the family moved to cinderhaven from lamina like that was pretty much her entire backstory um but with the darkness characters which was one of the last exercises we did to pick characters before starting um what he did is you didn't give him any backstory or character class or anything it was gave him a name yeah it was just a name and your race and that was it nothing else and through a series of different puzzles and exercises, the characters gradually f- gained different uh, um, facts about themselves. Yes. So, and it varied depending on who chose what during the session. But ultimately, what he ended up having us do is roll stats. And then he had us, you know, pick a... Uh, character class and then he would switch it up and say okay now move your highest stat and your lowest stat and switch them and like he had us do those kinds of things and different change-ups so that ultimately what you ended up with was a character who was interesting but nothing
0: you could have thought about
1: right and nothing you would have picked necessarily but whose stats did not necessarily stats and background did not necessarily match with what your character class was, but it created yeah. an interesting idea for backstory. Yeah, and
0: then you kind of have to figure out, well, how did they get like this?
1: Yes, and one of the yeah. things too is that all of those characters, when they ended up together, had memory loss. No one yes, remembered anything about themselves, and in the end of the darkness session, um, you, would, you were sent back to your own time and place and home by the people who'd kidnapped everyone for an experiment. But all of the memories got put back, not quite right. So what you had left your home as wasn't necessarily what you were being sent back as. Mhm. And yeah. Soxy was my character for that one.
0: Mhm. Uh, so essentially, you just ran with the idea that they just lost their memory in the transfer back. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's one of your, the biggest compelling bits for Soxy is they cannot remember their their past. Or they couldn't. They've now learned about certain elements of it.
1: Yes, yes. She's learned bits and pieces, but initially she didn't know anything. So that's another thing that can be a very interesting idea for character creation is rather than having everyone come to the table with pre-made ideas or come to the table with, um, okay, well, if you're playing this and I don't have my character picked out yet, I'll play this and fill in this hole that we have. Rather than doing something like that, the DM could put through, um, put all the players through sort of a series of exercises to have everyone ultimately end up with a character and class that they might not have thought of. Like Soxy is a paladin, but like Russell said, my charisma is not that great. And usually, charisma is one of the stats you boost because it's your spellcasting ability. And then on top of that, um, I'm a Paladin, but chitin can't wear armor. so i'm I am a paladin whose um, ability to not get hit is instantly nerfed because I can't wear armor. I mean,
0: luckily the chitons have a hearty shell yes. uh, at least at, at, yeah. at very least. so it it could be a lot worse, but no you are right. This it, is it can true. you know it's definitely not great.
1: Um okay. And I think that's probably a good place for us to stop with this one. Yeah,
0: that's a good place for us to jump into our mid-roll. So we're going to go and do that. And then we'll be back with more tips after. See you in a minute.
1: Okay, everyone. So this week, just like always, we want to talk about our amazing sponsors. I'm going to start off by talking about World Anvil. I cannot stress enough how awesome a website it is. It's worldanvil.com. It's a fantastic world building tool and a campaign manager. So whether you're an author trying to write your book and want to map out your story or whether you're a dungeon master trying to create a more explored and fleshed out world for your players or a place where they themselves can put information to help keep track of everything, then I definitely recommend you check it out. The base membership, which I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's free to sign up. To, and then if you want some of the special features, you have to pay a monthly fee. But just the base membership is free. And even with just that, there's so many things you can do. There, there's all sorts of things you can do. You can link different characters and say what their relationship is and how strong it is. You can put maps in. There's all sorts of features where you can basically create a wiki and link different articles together. It's a fantastic resource. It's worldanvil.com.
0: Also, in this week, we we're talking about Die Hard Dice. Die Hard Dice, as the name would suggest, they create lovely uh, metal dice, uh, which they have their own moulds, which they have designed. They have a lot of different designs that have been coming out recently in, within their Spellbinder series. They also still have those Re- Rebel Dice sets that we were talking about mm-hmm. in in the episode a uh, couple weeks ago, which is great. They also now have a di- uh, a scroll of rolling which I have been so excited for them to release because it's just a a lovely portable tray, which rolls up and you can store it in your bag with everything. But not only that, it comes with a zip and a pouch Mm -hmm. for your dice, so you don't even have to get the dice separate. It's lovely, it's wonderful. They have dice by character. They've got metal dice and polymer dice, and they've got their own independent ranges throughout them. Uh, If you'd like to order more dice, or if you don't have dice and you need them for a character, which maybe you're creating, uh, you can go to the website and use the code geekthyself and get 15%, one, five, off your first or next order. Mm -hmm. So that's dieharddice.com.
1: And last thing for our mid-roll is I want to talk about one of the other great podcasts here on the network, which is Chaotic Goodness. If you enjoy tabletop RPG, if you enjoy friends having fun a lot of laughs, a lot of humor, and some space morons, as they call themselves, some space morons in a space opera, then you should check out Chaotic Goodness. Stick around at the end of the episode and you'll hear the little uh, promo for them so you can hear a little more about the, ep- the show itself.
0: The other sort of thing I had for sort of DMs uh, and for players at the same time is don't, feel the need to fill every little detail about your character in right uh so like if you're not sure about something like basically the the sort of rule that uh, i i like to follow with that is if your character didn't see what happened don't put it in mm-hmm. uh because then it's either you you, you could the character could can have their suspicions on things right mm-hmm. but That gives the DM so much ammo just to go, okay. what can I do with this thing that you don't know, but is important enough to be in here?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I do that. I've done that quite often um, and several times, actually, with campaigns that uh, Logan in particular has run. I mean, Soxy is a perfect example I literally handed Logan a character that has no memory of anything before showing up in Cinderhaven. So he could fill in the blanks of her memory with whatever he wanted and I would just have to go with it because she doesn't know any better. Yeah. Um, and actually my previous character um, that I played in a campaign with him was orphaned as a baby and raised by half-lanes. She was a half-elf. And she, they knew the halflings knew who her mother was, because she had like given the baby over mm. as she was dying, so they had a rough idea of what her parents looked like at least, and they had a signet ring. And then later on, so that's all she knows about herself though. And then later on, um, Logan revealed that her signet ring is actually the signet of this evil mad king who caused all sorts of havoc and chaos. So basically, ah. she is one of the descendants, or at least as of far this. as she knew, she was one of the descendants of this yeah. mad king. So she's like, oh, great, great. That's what I wanted. Yay. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, um, it's, it's always sort of fun just to leave those bits blank, uh, especially if it's around, like surrounding tragic elements. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, again, back to uh, Tolus because we don't talk about it enough <laughs> uh, uh, When I was creating My bard, again uh, Xander, for that He lost a couple of important people In his life But he never actually saw specifically what happened So mm-hmm. Those people like Essentially when I was writing it, It's just like, this is what he knows Feel free to do whatever you like With it, I guess And if they don't have to do anything with it, of course, but it just gives them fun ideas to be able to bring that character into a different like uh, area, and then just turn them on their head like out of the blue, uh, which yeah. it's just fun, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things where honestly, if you talk to your DM and make sure he's okay, he or she is okay with, or they they make sure they yeah. are okay yeah, with go. it beforehand. <laughs> um, In my experience, at least, playing with my friends, there's a lot of DMs where if you leave something open um, for them to play with, it makes it a lot easier for them to bring your backstory in because if you haven't been incredibly specific with it, it gives them a lot of wiggle room. So it's easier for them to incorporate at least bits of it, even if they don't get to bring in your entire backstory that you want. So it it makes it easier to incorporate those elements that you really want to have people find out over time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I was going to say with that is when that happens you then are sort of obligated to roll with whatever the DM has given you. Mm-hmm. Um don't if uh, you might not like some of the elements of it and maybe talk to the DM later about it, but you put that openness out there. So just roll with it at that uh, in that time. Uh don't be too aggressive, like, oh no, that definitely wouldn't happen. Well, you didn't say it didn't happen uh you know yeah. it's it's about it's about trust on both sides uh, and hopefully, if you've got a great d m like like both of us do, you can talk to them about something that's come up and they can they can turn things back uh they can mm-hmm. alter small things just to make you more comfortable uh so yeah if you don't have a dm like that then maybe look for a different dm <laughs> <laughs> well um, or
1: just don't do that if if you have a dm yes, where you're, you're worried fair. that they would take your backstory in a direction you're not comfortable with or that you would prefer it not to go in if you want to have that much control over exactly what has happened to your character's backstory then you should probably just write a full backstory and not leave too many open ends because any open end is a potential storyline that the dm can then tug on and if you're not comfortable with that then don't give it to them
0: Mm -hmm. just just fair warning if you do it you probably will feel emotions for your character when all of you at the table learn these things about them because boy Mm -hmm. is it fun Um, (laughs) i had a character who hadn't seen their sister they hadn't (laughs) seen them in seven years so when they finally went home because of, uh, you know, Sorcerer Tragic Backstories, they they, 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 they didn't see uh, their family for a bit. They discovered that they had a, a niece that they didn't know about. so Oh, <laughs> good. Well, now I've got to go to Iman. And and then what was great about that is there was an orcleth plot which basically unfolded right in front of us. So I'm like, hey, after this fun celebration, we'll go to Iman and I'll get to meet them. Oh no! I, I won't. We're going into the abyss. Okay. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, that was that that was me, uh, and I'm still not over it because it's great. They they they're, they're stressing about it and I'm stressing about it. So it's very easy to get into character about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you do that is one thing to keep in mind is make sure you trust the DM if you're gonna leave open ends on the backstory. Um, I mean, honestly, beyond that for character creation, I always feel like number one is make sure you're going to play a character who's got a personality and a backstory that you're going to actually enjoy. And don't feel obligated to play a character class just to fill in the holes. Just because there's no dedicated healer doesn't mean you have to play the cleric. Now, some people, like me, myself, I'm talking about myself right now, I like filling in the holes of a party. I enjoy that. And there's not really any type of class that I'm unwilling to play. I I lean towards spellcasters, but I don't have to play a spellcaster to be happy playing D&D. See, um, I've
0: I've also done the same thing. Um, uh, We had a one-shot, which turned out uh, to be uh, um, an occasional off-campaign for a different campaign like we, we've got a regular campaign that goes every every other week but sometimes when people can't make it we switch to the off campaign with their with another player dming um mm-hmm. and they were just like we don't have a cleric i'm like great i'm gonna be the cleric
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of what happened for me with val on shenanigans everyone else had a strong idea of what they wanted to play and i didn't so at that point i was like well we don't have a cleric We've got a couple people who can do some healing, but we don't have, like, a cleric. So I'm going to go ahead and take that um, because I like playing clerics. I've played one before. And in particular, I like Grave Domain because of some of the bonuses you get. Oh, yeah, the Grave Domain's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, but that's... If you're not comfortable doing that or if filling in the hole would mean playing a class that you don't like playing, then obviously don't do that.
0: Yeah. Unless you're, like... Uh, maybe if it's a class you've not played, just be wary of like joining like a high level game like with a ca- class you've never played, because mm-hmm. you can you can very quickly get overwhelmed. Um, yeah. When I was playing this cleric, we started at level uh, fifteen. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Uh, luckily, I'd played enough of higher level magic classes to be able to get it um and with it being a one shot it was a bit less slow it was a, a a lower stakes but there was definitely pressure there because you've got a lot to go through uh but I'm also a very special case and the fact is that I read the rule book for fun and read the spells <laughs> for fun so yeah like uh, I already had an idea of some of the good cleric spells to be taking and what is what I what I would enjoy uh obviously not everyone is deranged like I am so just just be aware <laughs> when it comes to that um don't jump yourself too far into the deep end because when you're overwhelmed, you're not having fun, and that is yeah, this is very you know, true. General general rule. Uh, the other thing I was going to suggest um, is don't be afraid to have a look at all of the the personality traits, the flaws, and the mm-hmm. bonds and oh, what's the one i'm missing ideals that's it yes the ideals that's yeah. it uh you can find master lists on online about all, with all of them uh because then you know you're not restricted to just the ones that the game thinks that you should have you could look through the, the whole massive list mm-hmm. and they can give you some amazing inspiration for how you want to play a character and then just take bits and rewrite it make it your own like if right. if you feel inspired to do it that's amazing and honestly it just made the character so much more fun during creation i'm like yeah i've got a better idea of who this is now
1: yeah no that's true that's definitely a good resource and don't be afraid to use it because it's okay to use something that's somewhat pre-made in terms of like especially in terms of inspiring your ideas don't be afraid to use those don't feel like you're cheating don't feel like you're taking the easy way out you know they're literally
0: there to be used
1: exactly and on top of that don't be afraid to look at some of your favorite books and stories and movies and try to create a character that's like one of your favorite characters. It's totally fine to do that. People do it all the time. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: that's a great suggestion. Thanks, Heather.
1: Yeah, no problem. And that that's definitely something that I've done a few times. Um, I, I mean, it just depends on what you want to play and how you want to do it and what you enjoy For me, I'm one of those people who's always enjoyed thinking about, like, if I had a character in this book, who would I be and what would I be doing? Um, And if you're like that, then, you know, pulling from some of your favorite literature is not a bad way to go in terms of figuring out what you want your character to be and do. Okay, so that's probably a good spot to end this, right?
0: Yeah, I'd imagine so. I think we've covered a lot of things to get started. If mm-hmm. you do have any questions about character creation, feel free to reach out. We're both very happy to help when mm-hmm. you know, we're not busy. But <laughs> I'm sure we can find time to help you with uh, sort of the, those sort of nuances about characters and all that sort of stuff, because that's always fun. We're D&D characters, uh, D&D characters, wow. We're D&D players. <laughs> we enjoy talking about our characters enough really to make time for it. Uh, that is just a fact we all enjoy it very much uh so yeah we hope this is helpful we hope you enjoyed listening to it and we'll see you again next week bye guys
1: bye we'll talk to you later
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the NerdSmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself.
1: You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts.
0: We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode.
1: And until then, don't forget to geek thyself.
0: Uh, I, I'm sorry guys We gotta jump it I'm sorry What do you do What do you mean jump it You're gonna do a wild jump You're gonna kill I don't us all. have a choice oh, I'm no, sorry This isn't good You know what happened last time
1: if We're not I gotta go Sorry oh. Hold on Guys We're taking fire Land is near a hospital Hold on Like what you hear? This is a small sample of the action and excitement that await you every Monday on the Chaotic Goodness Podcast. Download us on your favorite podcast app and join us for space opera, action, adventure, and lots and lots of console cleaning. Let the chaos begin.
0: Now we can be found as part of the
1: NerdSmith Podcast Network. Find us at nerdsmith.org.